I grind for the love of the game, trying to provide a waiver wire surprise. I grind for the love of the game. I don't want a surprise. I want to trust the glue guys. Woo! It's the glue guys episode. We've been waiting for this one. We've been combing over our research. Um, it's a well-vetted podcast by now. We're really excited to bring this to you. This is officially glue guys 3.0. So if you have, if you didn't hear the other two glue wow. guys pods last year, so this will be the first time a topic has come the uh, third time around. So, so cheers to you, Natron clean. This is a, this is the first time we've come three times around on something. Nate's sweet spot, uh, you know, as a fantasy player, finding these guys that, and I'll just say this before I kind of kick it to you to kind of give first time listeners an idea of what this pod's going to be. So one criteria, it's not a criteria, but it's a common, it's a common thread among a lot of these players. These are players that in the past, they floated off waiver wires on and off throughout the year. And for whatever reason, this season, every time you're thinking about dropping them, I, I think to myself, no, this is different. It's different this season with a lot of these players. And so you will you will see players that in the past maybe were hopping on and off waiver wires. And now I think they're staples and you ride out you ride out the the lower points on some of these guys. But yeah, any criteria you wanted to touch on what a glue guy is, Nick? No, I think you summed it up pretty well. I feel like there you you did touch on something. There is nothing more frustrating than looking at at a player that's on somebody else's roster and know I had them and I dropped them on a Saturday to pick up fill in the blank shitty guy. And like, I've regretted that ever since. Like, I feel like you can look around the league and you can, you can really quickly name the two or three guys that you did that to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and this is just kind of that voice kind of saying like, are you sure you want to drop that guy? Exactly. We are the voice in the back of your head on a Sunday when you're chasing a category. And we're saying these guys are just above the line of somebody it's okay to do that with. Well, let's, let's launch right into it, uh, Flying Jay. I'm curious to hear how, because in years past, we've kind of gone about the way that we've assessed our glue guys quite a bit differently and the way that we've organized our, our takes on this. As you know, as longtime listeners know, we don't share what we're going to be, who we're going to be talking about before we get into it. And uh, I remember, I think it was either the first one or second one, you kind of gave everybody a dinner guest theme. Are, are we going to hear more dinner guests uh, tonight? You know, I did not stylize these glue guys. Uh, it's all business this time around. We'll toss a little bit really? of that in there, but I just, I took this pot, this topic a little seriously. It was last year. It was a little easier. I mean, I was wrestling with like 13 guys, you know, and, and when you're wrestling with 13 glue guys, uh, it's hard to, to find time for the funny stuff. Um, but yeah, there's just so many names this year, at least for me. So getting into this, there was a lot of parody. A lot of the people who didn't make this first team were just as deserving as who did. So not to kill the suspense, but man, there was a lot of, I found that there was a lot of worthy glue guys this year. Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, you sent a text where when we were starting our prep that you were you were like, oh, I'm kind of having a harder time narrowing it down or figuring out who to go for. And and I, it got me thinking. I was like, oh, I guess uh, part of that is that there's a couple teams that have just made, and they must be listeners to the pod. I guess the only thing that I can assume. But there's a couple teams that have really gone, gone all in and have all glue guy teams, which yeah. isn't necessarily the best for a real NBA team. But uh, so it makes it a little bit harder for us to select it when you're like, oh, like the Brooklyn Nets already have six of those guys. It's funny when you get too many glue guys that uh, it gets it gets too sticky. But I, I'll let you start the list off. <laughs> I, I got a couple a couple things just con- concrete. So I with glue guys, some of these guys 
they started as streamers on your team and then they became must roster. I mentioned that some of these guys might not be season long holds. This doesn't mean you can never drop them, but there are players that are hard to sell for one reason or another. And you just want to make sure you're riding it out. So, so some glue guys can be like that, but I think what all glue guys uh, most often have in common is the production you're getting to your fantasy team is more valuable than the perceived value as trade assets. Uh, they're more anchors than assets to your team. That's a very well said there. Very well said. Not flashy, but uh, they're just going to help you win week in, week out. So starting it off, I'm going to start off with uh, this one. I think this one might surprise you that I on his inclusion on this. It surprised me. I was shocked because I feel like if two years ago you would have told me like, all right, this guy's going to be on a, on your glue guy team. I would have just stared at myself blankly and assumed that I had lost all my marbles. But uh, that player is Malik Monk. Uh, Do you expect me to be talking about him tonight? Yes, yes, he has to be. He did. Oh, good. Yes, we talked about. It's 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 a little surprising to hear you talk about him, but he fits the criteria of a player that's used to fly on, often on waiver wires. That this year that movement stopped. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's you know it is kind of a little strange because you know historically he's just been a straight chucker. Um, you know, he's been incredibly inconsistent with his, both his role and his production. So, but, so that's why it's, it's kind of surprising. And we've been seeing this change happen slowly, you know, each year getting a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, and so now it's really, it's been every single year of his career, he's improved his field goal percentage and his assists simultaneously. So, so this season he's given you 15, three and five and a half with two and a half threes and great percentages. So, so real solid there across the board. But uh, but it, it is surprising because when he, he came into the league as this really high-profile player, I mean, he was a consensus five-star recruit out of high school, went to, I forget where he went. Kentucky, uh, and he, he was in the oh, backcourt. Kentu- oh, right. So him and Kentucky, Darren Fox right. shared a backcourt. I saw them play in college. And the gravity flowed through Monk, not Fox. You could tell Fox was the best NBA <laughs> prospect, but people went there to see Malik Monk, and he was the go-to scorer that he is now with the Kings in college then. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I know he he holds the University of Kentucky single-game freshman scoring record of 47 against North Carolina of all oh, teams, too. I so, that. I mean, he was dynamite. Uh, he was dynamite in college, was a lottery pick at, for, for Charlotte, and then just was a proceeded to be years on years of black hole contested fadeaway deep two shots with no passing at all with the hornets i think looking back the stench on that team that remains was also on his early part of his career yeah that's a fair point it's a little bit of situation rather than the player a little bit and you kind of wonder if he would have been drafted to a different organization maybe we would be seeing this today because what we're seeing right now is a guy that i mean he's averaging five and a half assists which is a part of the game that we've never seen unlocked before and so as you mentioned i mean he's he was a guy that you would constantly be picking up and streaming here and there at this point he's 74 percent rostered so i think his days of being a streamer player are over for a number of years he was my replacement you know if somebody had already snagged uh tim hardaway jr i'm like oh i'll go malik monk then. your backup chucker but yeah exactly nice no i love it man uh i will just go ahead and reveal that malik monk i did a six man this year like i said i, I had a hard time narrowing it down mm-hmm. so because he is the leading uh six man of the year as far as the vegas odds right now he is the six man on my glue guys team it, it fits nice. perfectly so yeah you you touched on it the assists they went up from 3.9 last season to 5.4 this year and the, the main reason is they're letting him run the point 
during the minutes that Fox sits. So he'll take these five minute breaks, go to the bench, and then you, they bring in Monk, not just to play off ball, but to run the show. So you're getting a dime and a half more this season. You're getting over a three a game more than last season. And, and we just have more volume. Wow. So, you know, the volume increase uh, has boosted him up to, to glue guys for both of us. So, you know, that's one of one as far as us having the same players. But yeah, man, he's he has been incredible this season. And, when, and games when Fox doesn't have it, he's stepped it up. And so hopefully on your fantasy team, when your studs don't have it, now you have this guy rounding out your roster that's picking up and raising the floor of your team. And that's what a glue guy is supposed to do. Yeah, I guess it's a good example of just because you're you're the guy got moved from the starting line to the bench doesn't mean that you need to panic. Thank you. No, exactly. Okay, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, this is the one I struggled with the most, and I'm going to move in order of positions. So this is my first team glue guy point guard. Uh, let's go ahead just for funsies. So last season, my first team all glue guy point guard was King Killian Hayes. I haven't been calling King too often. Uh, that was the frosty on your brownie glue guy. Um, and <laughs> and uh, I think Jalen Suggs has put a little frosting on, on brownies, uh, fantasy managers this season. Um, Jalen Suggs is my point guard here. You know, it's two an for inter- two. Okay. And uh, that feels good. And I know you've had him all, all season on our league of record. He is currently 105th season rank. Uh, so he's dropped a little bit. He's 58% roster. That's down eight in the past week. But I think, you know, his season rank was 75 a week ago. And I would hold Suggs through this. You know, they're integrating Fultz back into the lineup. Coach Mosley had a quote about Suggs last week where he said he was very under the weather. Uh, he had played 14 minutes that game. He's He's been mighty sick lately, but he's been sick all year for your fantasy team. So I would Ooh. swoop if somebody drops. I think he's just been awesome this year. I would buy the dip on on your boy, Jalen Suggs, you know, and even the past 14 days here, you're getting 3.3 threes, you're getting 15 points, you're getting almost four rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. So just ride out this awkward little portion because I think for both of us, it sounds like, and I'll toss it to you, Jalen Suggs is a guy where when you're thinking about picking up a hot free agent, find someone other than Suggs in a 12-team league. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm I'm amazed that we're we've started off in lockstep here. I mean, the questions for Suggs entering into the season were twofold. I mean, was it it was a what is his role going to be? Uh, you know, in regards to Fultz and to a lesser extent, uh, Cole Anthony and Anthony Black. And then the second question was, you know, would he be able to bring enough offensively? to kind of to justify being a hold year round. We, we knew he was going to bring defensively and he's answered both questions swimmingly. I mean, you were talking about, about the three pointers. I mean, that's been a huge, huge jump up in this game. Um, something that we hadn't seen right off the bat. The, the it's been, and we've talked about him uh, on an earlier pod. I forget mm-hmm. which, which one that was. Um, but in any case, we were, we, we kind of talked about how, his position has switched. You know, he, when he came into the league, they had him playing point guard. And so his rookie year, he was averaging uh, five and a half assists a game. He's now he's now really their de facto shooting guard, um, which means his assists have dropped. But then but his efficiency has really shot up. I mean, he's gone from 36 percent his rookie year to 42 percent to 46 percent this year. So you you'll gladly take that that slight dip in assists to see across the board efficiency and while still maintaining those really high-end defensive stats 
That's um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, even he went six of seven today in a lower minute, lower usage game as he's working his way back from whether it was a non-COVID illness or he did have COVID. It's been interesting this year because you'll have illness or you'll have non-COVID illness. Have you seen a single mention of COVID for any player this season? That's a good point. Now that you say that, no, not so even a single one. So my working theory is when you see illness, it means it could be COVID and non-COVID. Why would you specify non-COVID and then other times just say illness? So you had about a week oh, to 10 days where he wasn't getting a lot of minutes. His production was bad. The coach said he was sick. I think he's getting over COVID, a little speculation. But huh. uh, I, I would just check and float out, a, you know, float out your worst player for Suggs. I was going to do that today, but the only league I don't have Suggs is the league you have Suggs. So I didn't bother. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I'd check it out, man. Uh, I think people, if they're worried about Fultz coming back, it's just Suggs, uh, his role is more secure than it was in the past. So that's cool. So two for two, that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have a couple more guys. I mean, you, you want to just roll right into a second one? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely down to do that. So the, the shooting guard is probably, as far as production, the closest thing to had to cut him is maybe he's graduated from glue guy. But when I tell you the name of this player, uh, like, like you, you, it's just crazy what he's doing. Um, there's nobody that's surprising me more than this guy right now. Um, he is, his season rank is 66. He's up to 79% rostered on Yahoo. That player uh, is a high pedigree, former number eight overall pick. He was acquired in the Kyrie Irving trade. This is Colin Sexton. Um, so, you know, Colin Sexton, I think, has been viewed as a relative disappointment. You know, he kind of was a forgotten guy this year, but I think he's become glue guy material in the six NFL, six NBA season, excuse me. The double sport thing leaks out. Yeah, and I think he's graduated to glue guy. Uh, he may soon become a graduate glue guy, which is what I'm calling a player such as like Austin Reeves, a player who would be a glue guy, but they're just too close to the top 60 on the season to call him a glue guy. But I think mm-hmm. we could have that with Sexton. So special ingredient, this guy is getting to the line four foot 4.5 times a game in under 24 minutes on the season. He shoots 90%. That's a top 15 mark in the league. This guy's not playing starters minutes. He's starting at two guard for the Jazz but he's, he's just been crazy efficient long enough to where it's, it's not a blip. Uh, 21 points, five assists, two and a half boards, almost two triples, a steal, over 50% from the field and 90% from the line in the past month. Uh, that's what Colin Sexton's doing for your fantasy team. He's the 33rd ranked player in NICAD over the past two weeks. And that team Whoa. is just playing together. And he's kind of become like and winning and winning. It's crazy. I mean, obviously, w- this kid, Will Hardy, is a wizard. Uh, he's he's not a Washington wizard, no. But I mean, it'd be terrible then. Yeah, it'd be really bad. What, but yeah, I, I just think is there is there another top fifty player right now that you would guess if if say you had to right now if we played a fun game, you had a couple drinks, and I was like, name all the top fifty players over the past month. Would Colin Sexton even cross your mind? No, nope, no. nope. I would need. I probably would need one hundred and forty guesses or one hundred and forty drinks. Um, well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. So, Colin Sexton, if you were able to nab him, he's just surprising you every day. It's just so high efficiency. The assists are up from the past, um, you know, and he's solidified with the team that's been winning since he's taken this role on. So, yeah, I think uh, as a, as a player is point guard and shooting guard eligible, eligible rather. Uh, Colin Sexton is my easy choice for the all glue guy shooting guard. I love his inclusion here. I'm glad that you, you got him in. Um, it's so confounding to me. Do you think? Can I ask you a question then? Yes, yeah. So he's he's been great right now. And I think this is what I think a lot of people 
drafted him as last season, thinking mm. that we we you might be seeing uh, when they were picturing the tanking Jazz of last season. Do you think you think he was kind of uh, just coming back from injury? It took him a year to kind of get his legs fully under him. I mean, he kind of had that rough blown knee, I believe. And uh, or is this more just the coaching uh, has more trust in him? Is he growing as a player? I I, yeah. I just don't quite understand the timing of it because I always believed in him. I, yeah. you know, back in Cleveland days, I, we had yeah. discussions and I was more uh, calling Sexton, the Darius Garland uh, team, right. which but actually that's not aging too great, but. Hey, but right now uh, for the last month, you'd rather have Colin Sexton, the Darius Garland on your fantasy team. Fair what point. is the, I think, uh, what you is probably it? probably would rather have Colin Sexton on your podcast too. I can't imagine Darius Garland's giving great <laughs> content uh, on the airways with his wired jaw. No, that's a good point. Uh, no, I think just to get back to your question on Colin Sexton, the first thing that comes to mind, which is just a catch-all response, but I think it's true, is sometimes it takes a long time for lead lead guards, we'll call them point guard, shooting guard, whatever, lead facilitators from the guard position to really figure it out. Those Cleveland teams were a little awkward. It was a clunky fit with him and Garland. And I think when he came over last year, nobody expected that Larry Markkinen would become Dirk Nowinski. So maybe he just, you know, I think his role was reduced because an unexpected leap mm. happened from a player who was honestly glue guy material in some of his prior seasons or that season in Cleveland that jumped to a, you know, top, top 12 ADP. I mean, I think right now he's in the top 12 on the season. Um, he's been insane. So I think he had to find the role he could flourish in. And then he was able to kind of up that usage in that role. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's still blown me away. I mean, do you think Jalen green in Houston, would it has the sort of, it just gives me hope for some of these high usage guards that, that come into the league and it takes them all to figure it out. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, we've, uh, I'm going to keep holding my breath for Scoot Henderson at the same, in the same uh, time, too. We have to hold for a few years, but again, keep it held. Yeah. Don't <laughs> give up. Don't give up. If I pass, if I pass out, just, you yeah. know, recess safe. Just keep a picture of Colin Sexton, uh, 2024 Colin Sexton under your pillow. All right, fair point. So my my next guy is, a, it's a little awkward uh, timing wise, just because um, when I you know when we started to put together this list, I had him on there, and he's since gone into quite a header of a week. Uh, so I went back and forth on whether to keep him in there, and I've decided that I I believe it, and then I've since talked myself into uh, even I, more than that. I gotta so, I gotta pause you just because I need this. Re- I need to relate to you right now so bad. No one else probably understands. <laughs> I went through the exact same process, and it is a, it's quite a process. Just vetting your own glue guy process. That exact thing you described. I've went through it this week. I'm curious if it's about the same player. It could be. So yeah, so, uh, just had to let you know. You're not alone. It, it might be. Yeah, it, it is. It's funny I mean, with these fringe guys because, um, you know, because that's the difference. You're, we're talking about guys that are typically ranked right right around 100, give or take. And so you get a bad week and then their rankings look like they shouldn't be on your team. Right. But then you have a good week and they jump back up again. So the guy that I'm talking about here is Maximum Struess. OK, so we did end up making it interesting. He. He fell off the, the chopping block for me. So I'm looking forward to hearing this. But but yeah, man, don't lose your way with Struess. I get it. So I mean, on the season, he's uh, he's seventy third total, ninety fifth in per game. But over the last month, he's giving you a he's the hundred and ninety third ranked player over the last month, which is terrible. Yeah, I mean, that's terrible. absolutely dragging dragging your team down. The reason that I wanted to keep him in here, and the more I was thinking about it, is 
is really that last month has has completely overlapped with missing Mobley and Darius Garland. So he's been kind of thrust into the that number two role, next which level. clearly this is next level analysis. People listen to this. Exactly. You got to have the right players in the right roles. Yeah. So I think I, I'm thinking that this is a great opportunity to actually to to go for him in a trade. I mean, he's been last week. He was 74 percent rostered when we started researching. He's down to 63 percent. I'm guessing that by time Garland comes back, he might be sub 50 percent. So there's a very good chance that you can just find him on the waiver. Um, but he, here's the case, I think, for for Maximum Strews um, and and. And sorry for calling him Maximus. I just I, I didn't really look up his real name. I assume that's what it is. But uh, uh, I thought you were saying Maximum Struce, like Maximum Derek White. I was I was loving it, which would be great. We do need to get a little bit of a sound graphic. I think once we get our sound guy uh, hired, and uh, you know, you can kind of start plugging in some of the stuff. But hey, any sound guys listening, please reach out to us. Uh, we might be able to hook you up with uh, <laughs> might be able to hook you up with a little something, something. So uh, <laughs> yeah, please, yeah. please, we could use help uh, in this in this area. Clearly, clearly, clearly. But so, uh, so on the season, he's given you um, fourteen points, five boards, four assists, um, one steal, three, three threes. But really, what is what's kind of stood out? The, the more I looked, is what's dragging his ranking down a little bit is that he's shooting sub forty percent from the field. Yeah. Now, if you're in a punt field goal percentage build, his rank jumps up to fifty-seven on the season still. On the season, Maximus yeah. Struess is. 57th ranked player if you're if you're down to just punt field goal percentage which is pretty i mean that's for a guy that might just be seeing in your wire is pretty, pretty amazing yeah it, that that last point's important you mentioned seeking him in a trade i'd first check your wire he drops in uh, what, the public league i'm in uh to the wire and i got distracted by some of the shiny new toys in memphis and somebody paid 20 dollars for him so somebody clearly um, subscribes to the philosophy that once the pieces are back in place in Cleveland, he won't feel like this burden to do things he's not meant to do. Uh, he can pop off occasionally for a big game, but you're right. I think that he's meant to be a role player if he's going to be a glue guy. So I guess similar to Suggs, like you're saying, hold the line, hold the line with Struis. Hold the line there. Yeah. And Another reason to hold the line is if you if you click on his Wikipedia page, yeah. uh, if the immediate picture that shows up is Max Strus in a bucket hat, which is pretty Whoa. stellar. And so I think that's enough to like kind of give him a couple rankings points, bump him up there. But a guy that can confidently rock a bucket hat, especially on his Wikipedia page of all things, it's, that's worth uh, something. The first bucket hat I ever saw, and this was like a cat in the hat style bucket hat. Like, remember in the mid 90s when they were huge? Was Gary Payton when we won the Western Conference Finals, we being the Super Seattle Supersonics. And he had this, he wore this big old cat in the hat bucket hat, uh, and it became all the rage. They were selling them at Seattle at carnivals at you know, different Nicky Knack shops or whatever. But he had one of these. Did you own one? I, of course, I owned one. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic if anybody out there has one of these i lost it over the years one of these sonics colored cat in the hat bucket hats uh please uh send us <laughs> hit us up and land and, and i gotta get all of this picture get us on twitter uh drop it in the youtube comments i'd, I'd love to see it um but yes that's yeah. a good point yeah hold, hold the, yeah, line. The, the last the last last point just on on max yeah. Struess that i had uh, was just thinking that you know, I think there's some people that, you know, he's been, he was with the Heat for a while. Um, you know, I think his his path is kind of well chronicled coming into the league. I mean, he started out at some place called Lewis University, which sounds like some sort of shady for-profit school nice. um, before going to DePaul. And then um, 
you know, signing on with the Celtics, getting cut, playing two games for the Bulls, getting cut. But, um, but I think, you know, I think there's a lot of people that, that might be having this thought of like, oh, we are, we saw Maximus Truce last year. Uh, he's just reverting back to the player that, that he, that he is. And I think the argument against that would be that in Cleveland, he's averaging six more minutes per game. And so those ex, those six extra minutes are really the difference. And that's what's turning into two extra points, two extra rebounds and two extra assists. So I think that, that uh, it's just another reason to buy low on him. I got to say, it's funny, like, oh, we've been over a year now. So last year's, it was like a New Year's resolutions pod where we were doing our kind of our gripes and our hopes. One of yours was just get a competent small forward in with the Cavs. I don't care who he is because I want to pick him up. And so uh, so it's nice to hear you staying true to that because you, you were asking for this before it ever came to fruition. Oh, yeah. Um, nice long memory there. And, uh, and they finally did it. And plus they have uh, George Nang, who apparently hit what, like, <laughs> 11 threes or something tonight the minivan and they have your new boy sam merrill apparel <laughs> what a great nickname <laughs> i just came up with that uh okay so it, we'll keep it moving for the people so let's let's go ahead and touch on my small forward it's similar to what you said about Struess. actually uh this is a player that was rock solid in there and i had to stick with stick with my guns i went comb through the stats uh today and he's he's still the guy for me right now and that's aaron neesmith in indiana he's excited kind of, to hear about him Okay, let's do it. Last year was also Indiana. It was a uh, it was Buddy Heald. Um, that was my all Mr. Plow, Mr. Plow. Yeah, say it again. That's Mr. Plow. Uh, so Mr. Plow this year is Aaron Neesmith. It's not quite as exciting. He's got some shin soreness right now, so he's down eight percent in the past week on Yahoo. He's thirty two percent rostered. He's a small forward and power forward, which is nice. Um, it can be tough. You could lose one player. Desmond Bain look at your team and be like oh I have one small forward cool this is fun so you know small forwards again are a little there's there's scarcity there so keep mm-hmm. that in mind when you're dropping small forwards uh take a look at your wire be like what would I do if I needed a small forward uh good point <laughs> that's not a special ingredient though he's to me Neesmith has emerged as the premier trickle of stats glue guy out of a small forward or power forward eligible player this season He's become the player that we thought Jalen McDaniels was going to be in fantasy. He's a great defender in Minnesota, but he's just not bringing those defensive stats. So here's his last month in nine cat. He is the 62nd ranked player. He's given you 12 points, four boards, one and a half times. And that's pulling enough weight to keep you in for this, for the two and a half threes, for the 1.6 deals, and for the block. You're also getting 50% from the field and 90% from the line on low volume, but that's nice. So it's just one of these players, again, that like feels easy to, to look past. But this, this is what glue guys are supposed to be. This is, you know, he's, he is to our fantasy team, I think, what he is to the Pacers. You know, he's somebody that, you know, his roster ship is criminally low, and I haven't looked at updated rotations post-trade. But I think his role as defending the best player every night on the other team, it's not going to change. So I think uh, he's easy to overlook, but, you know, he's been rock solid all season. Wanted to give him his flowers. He's still 75th in season rank this season. And I just like having guys like this. I think he's the perfect trickle stats, defensive-minded, um, forward glue guy here. So the all-glue guy, 3.0, small forward, is Aaron Neesmith, a cast-off from Boston. I love that you included him here. This is – I feel like there's some players that I just – and I'm sure we all do it. We just kind of look past a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I, I know a two-sentence elevator pitch on him, but I <laughs> yeah. when I'm watching the games, I never pay attention to him, and I just kind of – I have a hole. 
um, there. And it's so really he's, he's somebody I've always been curious about. And, uh, and uh, yeah, you're right. I looked him up. He's 32% rostered across the league, which is shockingly low for what those yeah. stats that you just uh, laid out. And, and if, uh, and it will be interesting to see what that rotation looks like uh, post-trade. It's interesting. I think if you go through and I did come through and I didn't, I don't have the data in front of me, but Yahoo has this feature and we've talked about it before. It's called the MVPs and it's the, the players who have the highest percentage of roster ship on the top 500 um, Yahoo public teams. Neesmith was up there. He was like in the top 10 on that metric. And in our league, James Robinson, you know, him and I and, and you at the times and probably someone I'm dissing right now, but neck and neck for first and second. (laughs) But James Robinson's right there. (laughs) I believe he and I have two losses right now. Um, Could be three. Anyways, he's had Neesmith rostered the whole season. And I do want to give you a shout out, James Robinson. That's good process right there. I think holding Neesmith and having an eye on the glue guys this year, obviously this podcast has helped you. We've clearly gotten better at fantasy and we will accept donations for, to pay for a sound guy. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome for you doing well. We'll take credit. He's he's improved. No, but yeah, shout out to the Aaron Neesmith owner in our league. But yeah, um, so that's what I got on Neesmith. Um, who do you got next here? Any forward? Interesting. I'm curious what you thought of the forwards process when going through the list this year. You know, it was uh, I, I, you had said that you're you're kind of we're going to do kind of a first team, second team uh, type model and. And I and I kind of went out at, added a slightly different process, and that I just thought, well, I'll just kind of cast a wide net, and then I'll I'll pick the five guys initially that just seem to kind of fit uh, that I want to talk about or kind of have seemed the most interesting to me. And then now looking at it, ironically, they they do they're a cohesive team in that they all play one through five positions, and then um, I got a couple other fringe guys here to talk about too. But um, the next guy that I have, I. I suspect that he's somebody somebody that you're a little bit higher on than I am. Um, and I was actually shocked just kind of doing these dives that uh that he made my uh made my inclusion, mainly because um uh, you know, I just I don't like the fit of this player on this team at all. And that's oh. Nas Reed. Nas Reed, okay. I didn't even consider him. I have a long running list, he's not even on it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. There, we don't have total overlap again. Um, Nas Reed is somebody that uh, I, I just didn't, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves re-signed him last season. They re-signed him to that three years for 42 million uh, contract, which I thought was really surprising given how uh, notably largely invested they are in bigs. What, what did you think about that signing when Minnesota did that uh, over the off season? I thought it was surprising. Um, especially all the fuss that have been made about and, you know, at the time and the jury's still out, you will see what they can do with Golbert right now. I think it's 33, you know, they just <laughs> had one of the worst trade packages sent out for a center that we've ever seen as far as the assets they gave up in that deal. And then Walker Kessler maybe hasn't taken that second year leap, but people were saying, you know, I'd rather have Kessler than Golbert in a vacuum, but you could have kept the five first round picks. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought it was a funny follow-up to that. But he's an asset. And, you know, when you have an asset on a reasonable contract like Nas Reed, it uh, gives you flexibility moving forward. So I thought I thought of it as this. It's asset retention. And so in that way, I thought mm-hmm. it was smart. Oh, yeah. Like maybe not a long term piece, 
assets, but just like yeah. it's something that you, you you don't have another vehicle to acquire those assets. And um, we talked about asset retention on Flying J's business spot on the 14th episode um, as it pertains to fantasy basketball. So if you want to go back and check that out. Um, but right, yeah, that was an interesting crossover. And I think I, I obviously, I mean, my portfolio is up 30% since then. And so I've been able to pay yes. off my fleet of jet skis, which is nice. And, uh, um, but, uh, but you know, you obviously need a second fleet, but um, we all have our C do's and our C don'ts. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's, that's episode 22. <laughs> Going back to Nas Reed, though, uh, in the fantasy yeah. basketball content, uh, what, he, what I guess what he's been kind of giving you is that kind of really boring but consistent level. And so he's, you're getting really good efficiency, 50% from the field, 85% from the stripe, yeah. two threes, 13 and five uh, as far as points and rebounds go with, with some with kind of an even amount of defensive stats trickled in. And he's doing this all in 23 minutes. So he kind of gives you some glimmer of upside in that yeah. as well. The, uh, you know, and I think that upside, we're kind of slowly seeing that come about a little bit because I always think of him as a, as a kind of a boring uh, mid career vet, but in reality, he's still only 24 years old. Whoa. Um, that would have been a yeah, fun one. Is, I might've said 27. Yeah, I I would have been interesting if I would have said who who's older, him or Kyle Anderson. I I'm not right. sure if I would have taken, but I would have said they're both 37. But. <laughs> or or um, him or your boy Taylor Horton Tucker. The, the right, yeah, ni- yeah. 19 year old Taylor Horton Tucker. <laughs> the weirdest thing. Yeah. Um, but but I mean it's it, it is interesting, and I I had uh last season I think I had some frustrations watching the team and watching how uh they were using Nazareth a little bit. Cause I think it's one thing is clear. The organization has a ton of confidence in Nazareth um, when he's on the floor, especially when he's playing minutes without cats. I think he, in, there's some times where he almost ox- occupies this indeed esque role for them, which is really surprising. I mean, he's, he's like a 23, 25% usage player which for a backup big man playing behind two two max players is is really not is not something you would expect by any means and so when he's out there it's uh i in my mind i was almost like okay i think i think management is going to 86 on because chris finch loves giving him the ball so much that they need to like remove this option from him but it's working out really well for him Mm -hmm. this season and uh and so i think Basically, what you're getting right now is you're getting a really, a really good glue guy. That's he's the 82nd ranked player in fantasy. But but you know if there's an injury to anywhere between McDaniel's uh, down, you know, then I think you're looking at potentially a top 60 guy. You know, two things. I think one thing that keeps him on the floor is he allows them to replicate the spacing that they have with Cat on the floor when Cat's on Mm -hmm. the bench on the bench. And so it, give, it gives some, you know, continuity to the offense, depending what personnel's out there. I'm curious, is Nas Reed both center and power forward eligible on Yahoo this year? I didn't. You know, it's a good question. I'm going to type that up, install, uh, look. Because I, uh, I had trouble with some of it. When you have this, the one center spot in Yahoo. He is, yeah. It, it's yeah, is just center or he is power forward? Both. Nice. That's a huge carrot. Because uh, you really got to find a line with the center only players, and I'm going to talk about touch about a, on that a little bit when we get to the center, my center, um, mm-hmm. be, because there's a lot of really solid centers 
Um, and see, I mean, there's streamers you can grab almost every night. Like no one has room for the plum dog, but last night they had a very respectable line out of nowhere. Uh, there's, there's always center. So I love that he has the power forward eligible. I think for me that bumps him up on the blue guy list a little bit. Yeah, that's a that's a really strong point because also I mean the Yahoo default league is two centers and right. but not every league does that and so so a lot of those rankings you see an artificial increase in centers and then but if you don't have that then you need to know that you need to yes. move those guys down a little bit because you don't need to be rostering so like so many guys to get you eight and eight. Agreed. Yeah, no, that's strong. Right on. I like that one. Well, I got to say, this isn't going to be as fun as last year with the power forward. It's it, We're going blue collar. Last year, the power forward was the ice cream before dinner glue guy. That was PJ Washington. He is a weekly ceiling razor. I think this guy yeah. is like the meat and potatoes dinner guest. You know, he shows what up and uh, just a piece of beef, like just like dried out roast beef. You know, the kind that really needs extra gravy, but the gravy is a little congealed. But man, it's hearty. You're always going to get full. There's plenty of salt and pepper on the table. <laughs> Like you're ready to eat, you know, it's like, this is a hard hat glue guy. And, and I think, I do think you'll agree with his uh, inclusion on the list, but it's just not very fun. This player is uh, a season rank of 131. He's 85% rostered. He nails the criteria of player that used to kind of fall on and off waiver wires last season. And this year it's like that musical chairs has stopped. Uh, he is 53rd in the past two weeks. And if this guy's looking, if this guy's athleticism could ever translate to defensive stats for fantasy, he would graduate from glue guy to top 60 player, but he's 28 years old. Uh, he's in his ninth year in the league. And I just don't see that happening at this point. This, this player is a, a power forward only. Do you have any guesses who this guy is? We've talked about him a lot over the years and we used to really believe in his upside as like a top 40 guy. Wow. I'm just like, I'm so intrigued by this. This is a, I'm racking my brain and coming up completely empty on this. Who I don't is think he? I don't think I would get it either for some reason. This this player is Aaron Gordon of the Denver Nuggets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Like he kind of is the epitome of the power forward glue guy, you know. Yep. Because at this point, it's like you're hanging on to what he brings for you, and you know what he brings. Honestly, his special ingredient he's bringing is he's become a field goal percentage super booster while still doing his usual thing. So he is currently, last I looked, 20th in the league in field goal percentage for the season at 55%. The last month, huge sample size, 67%. And he's a career 48% shooter. He used to be kind of like a chucker. Like I had him, yeah. remember for years, I, I always had to have that guy, you know? Yes. And I had yeah, him. Yeah, you were, you were always yeah. higher on him than everybody else and uh, and and held on because he would have these huge games and then right. you'd live off of it. You know, I think everybody would live off of it for a few games. And then, uh, and then, yeah, the moment you give up, he'd have another one. Exactly, man. And like he would have weeks where he would really torpedo your, your field goal percentage. So to see him become like a glue guy for your, your field goal percentage is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, he's just really found his groove. Just give you a quick Aaron Gordon profile. Last 14, as far as statistical profile, the last 14 days, 17 points, six rebounds, almost three dimes. The defensive stats are insane. 0.3 steals and 0.1 blocks. I swear. It's that low? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I just, so again, like that's what keeps him as a glue guy. Because if like he was. Dame, Dame must average more than that. That's crazy. Yeah. If he was, I would say if he was averaging 1.2 blocks and 1.5 steals, there's no way he could be on this list. Do you agree? Like well, yes, he'd be top 30. Yeah, exactly. So like. He's a power forward only player, which, you know, it's he used to have the small forward eligibility, too. So I always consider that. But 
but yeah, he's the obvious choice. Uh, it is the meat, the dried out meat with congealed gravy and potatoes glue guy. But uh, you want to, you just want to make sure you're leaving full. Yeah, he's watching them play. It's pretty cool, though. I mean, he's you can tell he's really he's very confident at this point. Yeah, I he's agree found with that. his niche. Mm-hmm. He's eliminated the things that he. You know, that is not that great about his game. And it's just gone all in on on being a bully and just playing a lot of bully ball down there. And so it's it's amazing when you when the when the Nuggets play against inferior teams or teams that are have a bunch of young guys or the Warriors on the inside. Like for the Warriors, and he just will just offensive reap just his boxing out and his screening Mm -hmm. down low. I mean, it's just it you almost feel embarrassed for the guys that he's playing against because it, it just feels like a little bit of a man against boys situation. And so those numbers always don't translate into superstar numbers, yeah. but they're incredibly consistent. Like you mentioned and, and what he's given you are is elite in those two categories. You love to see a player who has, you know, this sky high upside in our minds for fantasy and for real life. Uh, a team identifies Aaron Gordon. They go out, they get him, you know, at that deadline deal a few years back and he becomes exactly the player they needed to win a title. I think that's really mm-hmm. cool. So, you know, shout out. Yeah, I appreciate that trade too, because I feel like it it unlocked all this talk of like, you don't need to always trade for the biggest superstar. Yes. You can trade, if yes. you can trade for the right third man mm-hmm. on your team, then it, it can kind of set it off. And so, um, and I, I know that you're in the same boat as me as a trade junkie. Uh, every, every like micro trade outside of a, maybe outside of a, a Pistons Wizards trade that uh, we're just devouring that it's, so it's, it's, it's fun for us to kind of see teams more taking more of these uh, my, mini swings or mid-sized swings. It's such a good point. I mean, yeah, exactly. He was like the anti-super team trade, but it was still mm-hmm. a blockbuster for them. So all right, I'm passing it to you. Oh, nice. Well, yes, here. So my last starting player uh, is another guy. <laughs> uh, this is a, another guy who I, I wrote down on this list and that proceeded to rattle off his worst week of the season. Um, <laughs> and so so it, 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 it's make my guys are making it a little bit more challenging for me to hype up, but I still still kind of believe in, in their inclusion. And this is a lot more fringy of a player than Aaron Gordon, who who should always be owned. Um, this player I got here. Wait, 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 is, wait, 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 I got to guess. Yeah. G- just give me his positions. A center. Oh, he's center a center only. He's a center only. Uh, and he's on a team that we already talked about. And he's on a team that we already talked about. Oh, you didn't go do Gogo Bataze, did you? I did too. I did. No, too. I yes. was kind of joking. Okay, wow. Okay. I did this Gogo Bataze. This is for our fourteen uh, team league listeners. Fourteen team league glue guys. No, he really yeah. has had some nice runs. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. So I mean, really, I'm going to start with the. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess the main thing is he started as kind of a streamer. You were like, all right, like I need, I need a guy to kind of come in, get a couple blocks, get a couple rebounds. Um, I want somebody that's going to be really exciting that I can yell when I'm reading the box who are saying, you go, like there's something to that. Like that's a, there's a tiebreaker in that Mm -hmm. just in the same way that if, uh, you know, you know, you're going to be, you're going to a game that night and they're, and they're playing against the, uh, you know, the wizards, you're probably going to pick up, a Koulibaly or somebody just so you can yeah. watch him play. You know, what's uh, the big secret night is fantasy basketball is supposed to be fun. That is true. And I, <laughs> that's uh, what you're saying. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, I think that really is. And so I think that there's uh, there's something to be said about uh, having guys that just make you kind of chuckle on, on your team. And uh, especially if it's an even even push with somebody else. But uh, but really, the reason that I wanted to include him on this is is the window. This window Carter knee situation is starting to become a little bit uh, giving me a little bit of hesitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'm a I'm a big window Carter fan. I have been for a couple of years, but he can't really stay healthy. And, and, and this season, he's only played in 14 games and he's been since he's come back quote unquote, he's been in and out of the lineup with minutes restrictions. And so what we've seen is Goga is, has started 27 of their 34 games. And that's so you're not getting, yeah. yeah. So you mean, you're not getting anybody that's going to win you a league. This is not like a pickup that is all of a sudden going to change your fantasy fortunes, but you know, but really what you're getting is a guy that's averaging 1.7 blocks shooting 61% from the field. So he's, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of, uh, he's, it seems like a decent hold, you know, I, I know that a lot of people might, might vote him most likely to be a made up player in 2k. I, I, I realize that, that that's an award that he might win. Um, but you know, he's, he still is a young player at this point. So, you know, he was the 18th pick in, in the 2019 draft out of Georgia, the country, uh, and but he was he was kind of a, a a phenom coming out. I mean, he was the youngest player to play in the Russian league, and he, and so he's been playing for a long time. And and his transition from Indiana to Orlando has really been kind of this real slow growth improvement. Yeah, so yeah, we've been yeah, seeing yeah. that all season. And so I think I think that the the reason that I want to to touch on him tonight is that the magic. A lot of these magic guys are having a little bit of a slump with uh with with Wagner out. I think they mm-hmm. that's really exposed some holes uh on the team. They uh, just how reliant or Expose how awesome Wagner is. <laughs> we're gonna, where's the sound guy for this one? <laughs> but uh, but I think once Wagner comes back, his role is a little bit more solidified. And so I think that he's a I think that he's a Holt. I, what do you think? Do you think do you think that he's a strictly Sunday streamer or do you think that he's he's more of a hold in a 12 12 man team? I appreciate the pedigree case. I actually liked hearing that. They kind of give me a little bit of a of a foundation to think about this. He's always been an intriguing fantasy player. Uh, Permanent monster in Indiana, where he had that two-headed permanent monster thing with Isaiah Jackson, which for us hard grinders was like super annoying because like I at least want to know who to pick up if Miles Turner goes down. Like, can we get this cleared right. up? Right, and so it's nice to have that cleared up. So I had to pull up the box score tonight because I know that uh, Wendell Carter had a nice line tonight, uh, and they each played twenty-four minutes, and they each had really serviceable twelve-team lines. So they kept Gogo as the starter, um, and again, 24 minutes and 24 to the incumbent starter from the beginning of the season, Wendell Carter, and he had a great line. Yeah, five of eight from the field, 10 points, 10 boards, three dimes, two blocks, and a steal. So, like, yeah, he's a hold right now. Um, again, center is so plentiful this year, and if you play in a one-center league like in our league of record, or I think it, it, you can be faced with tough decisions um, with the center-only players. So, so again, like that's what made the center part kind of awkward and uh, for me as well. But I think it's a great point because I do think he's a little bit better than your average streamer. It's exciting that centers is deep enough that most people can count on being able to find him on their waiver wire if they need him. But I think it's a smart idea to hold and see how things go with Mondo Carter, see how he responds to the minutes increase because 
you know, I knock on wood. I mean, if the guy goes back down, you're going to be really happy. And if he can keep, I'd say 20 to 24 minutes is the sweet spot. If (laughs) if Goga slips to like the 15, 18 range, I would not call him a season, a hold there. Yeah. 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 He's, I mean, like I, like I said, he's, he's kind of a fringy hold. If you need a win on a Sunday, drop him. Like don't, don't hesitate. But I'm just saying that I think he provides a little bit more consistency than a lot of other options that are out there. He's a great. He's better than my glue guy center situation. He's 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 a nice diamond in the rough. It offers uh, it offers our listeners like oh hey, this is more than a streamer and he is he's more than a streamer right now more than a streamer. Boy, I was about to go for that song too. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so I'll just get into it uh, for my center here, Nate. So um, this spot for a long time belonged to Jonas Valanciunas, and this was my reasoning. Anybody could have had him for free at the beginning of the season. And so I dug into a little bit further in a season rank of 30 and being 89% rostered. Those numbers are just too high at this point, even though he was dirt cheap in drafts to call him a glue guy for me. And so bit of a slip, bit of a slip over the last couple of weeks. So true, true. I consider, I considered the slip and dipping so him in. I considered the slip. I did. Uh, so center was tough. Uh, I, I decided that Jonas was above glue guy. My last year, my center was uh, Ivaka Zubats, and he just went down as well. So I think I had that, him on my list, and I had to cross yeah. him off. Yep. So, so I will say this about this player: I think I found the perfect glue guy center. I didn't overthink it, and I'm just curious if you might know who this player is. We both love this Nick guy. Richards. No, no, he didn't quite graduate. No, I went with Yucca and Kongwu in Atlanta. Oh, I did. Oh, man. oh boy. Okay, this is good. I'm I'm glad that you got this because I. I don't feel I I don't feel he should be on this list. So I'm really excited to be sold on this. Let's let's talk it out. So the, for me, these sort of this screams glue guy. He's a season rank is 99. He's 66 percent rostered. That's right in the sweet spot. Uh, he's doing just enough, even in his rough p- patches here, to like pinch ourselves and hope for a Capella trade yet again. So let's run that back for another year, you know. But seriously, like why is Capella on the Hawks? Like. Uh, so why <laughs> like I know the Hawks look lost they're they're active on the trade market right now uh, DeJounte Murray rumors are swirling please attach Capella but this is what you get and for me this is a, he is a season-long hold but this is why he's a glue guy you get great percentages 10 points a game seven boards a game a block and a three that's as that's as you know about what you get he has some nice ceiling games I think there's a top 40 player in wa- in waiting here so in, yes. his, in his four NBA seasons, he has averaged 20 minutes a game. He has averaged 64% field goals, 75.5% free throws. And I know you hate this. I didn't I, I didn't do the per 32 for you. But his per 36, it, it just gives you an idea. 14.5 points, 10.5 rebounds, two blocks and a steal. Until there is a Capella trade, he's a glue guy. Like, you know, he's a player where if you saw him fall to your waiver wire, you wouldn't be shocked. I would spend, you know. 10 to 15% of your budget on him and just hold on through the trade deadline at least. But, but yeah, I think going through these centers, uh, I, I, he, he just felt like the right middle ground glue guy because you can't take the Capella trade possibility and stick that on the stat sheet week to week. You're still trying to win games. So he's still a glue guy for your roster right now. Yeah. It's, it isn't totally, uh, 
we've had a bunch of snow in, in the both the places that so we're much, at right now. So and um and and a shout out to uh James Robinson, who's in our league, did some manual research and and kind of put put out the the most added players in our in our joint was, league, which is a cool. small sample size, just just our particular yeah. one. Yeah. And uh Kanwu, I believe, was second or third most added, which only spoke to the fact that I think that he he spent probably 97% of the season on a roster. It's but he just often ends up being that last cut on a yep. Sunday or something right. like that. Um but uh I a hundred percent agree with everything that you said in that I love the talent, love the skill set. I'm a huge Akonwu. I know you are. We, we're both big Akonwu fans. You, I would uh, say you're slightly bigger now that anyone gives a crap, but, but, but I'll give you the carrot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the carrot. You can be the Akonwu guy. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Okay, but uh, I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, but I, I guess I don't know. I, and maybe it's like it's because I've been in love with for so long that maybe I'm falling out of love a little bit. But um, I... I'm wanting to see a little bit higher floor out of it. And so I feel like for him, I, and maybe it's just my mentality. I I view him as this breakout potential guy. I view him as a potential league winner. And maybe right. you're right. Maybe it's just it's a time to recalibrate expectations and, and realize and just appreciate what he's giving you for the season, which is, which is good blocks, good defensive stats, good rebounds, good percentages, and, and be happy with that. And if anything else changes, then, then you have, then you can take that as well. This is a very important depth of league thing. Slightly shallower formats, you know, 11 roster spots. He's on the fringes. Like he might be, you you might have to cut, you know, he might be coming up on your waiver wire here and there. And, you know, the league I've held him all year, it's, it's a deeper league and it feels really good. And so I think my perception is a little skewed because I didn't have a single day where I looked in the mirror and said, Jamie, Today's the day you're dropping in Yekka Kongwu uh, because the league's deep enough, you know? Um, so it's, it's different. It, it's, it's about, you know, making those tough decisions. But for me, like definitely through the trade deadline, like if you have an Yekka Kongwu, especially if you're doing well in the standings, like if you're not, man, if you're like, if you got three wins, four wins and you're fighting, trade him to a team in first or second who wants to wait through the trade deadline, get that value. Don't just kick him. You know what I mean? Because that, we talked about most glue guys and I think you're right. Maybe he doesn't fit the traditional definition in this way because I had mentioned that like a glue guy is often more valuable to your team as far as production than he is as a trade asset. Now in Congo, I think it's off. I think it's the opposite. I think you'll find someone in your league who you can get more, you know, you can get a return that's going to help you more, you know, right now, uh, especially if it's like uh, in a package, because there are people like me and Nate who just like, I'm going to see it through the deadline if I can, um, because we both know what he can be if they finally trade this aging center from a team that's going nowhere. Yeah. Who's yeah, still true. producing, by the way. That's not just, we always. Oh, he's love, awesome. He's awesome on the season. I know. Exactly. So like, because we love Okongu so much, I think it, the, it might come across that we're not, that we're Capella haters. It's not that. I just want him to go somewhere else where he can help mm-hmm. the team, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's all. So, yeah. Um, I have a couple guys that, uh, and I figure these can be kind of quick hitters. So you, you have a second team that you're, that you're rolling through after this, or no, no, I got guys though. Like, let's hear your quick hitters. I do have a couple guys I want to toss out. I didn't make it, but I'm not going to do the full second team just just to keep the pot in around an hour. Okay, uh, I'm just going to ask you. I got, I got a couple guys that I kind of was wrestling with, and I wanted to just get a quick, quick uh, off the cut t- take from you on this. Sure. Um, the first guy, and this is somebody that we've kind of gone around in circles on a little bit, and uh, 
preseason, I know you were really high on him. I was really down on him. And there's been points all season where I've thought, uh, oh, man, all right, I was wrong on him. He's awesome. And then other weeks, I'm like, oh, no, he's terrible. Like, like he's definitely terrible. Um, and Can I guess? You, yeah. It's Jeremy Sohan. No. Is it his teammate? Uh, it's not a different team. Uh, same. We've already talked about the team once. If that uh, is a matter, he's a bench guy now at this point, which is interesting. But that's uh, <clears throat> uh, oh, excuse me, uh, Obi Toppin. <laughs> okay, interesting. Obi Toppin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was. I was excited about seeing what he could do in Indiana as a coming up and down the floor guy. He's just not a stat accumulator. Yeah, I mean, he's ninety third on the season total for for what. What had he done? For fantasy. I know, but like for what what had he done good? <laughs> well, yeah. So I mean it, it it's really it's he's not elite in anything. Right. I mean, it's just like he's kind of like hitting you a little bit. So he's averaging 12, 4, one and a half, 0.5 blocks, 0.5 steals, 1.43s. That's a streamer. Decent percentage. It, it's but it just feels all helter skelter a little bit but there's games i watch and i'm like he's putting it together he's just stretched yeah he's hitting threes and everything but uh but i was curious if, if you had a different take on him uh for me i just kind of view him as a as a i'll pick him up for back-to-backs and Sam. i don't know anything oh exactly than that no it turned out that he's just a streamer it's really hard to predict the games where he's gonna pop off um, that's why I like a player like Aaron E. Smith for this list because he gives you that floor where you're going to get the defensive stats. Uh, and he gives, he just gives you a nice solid foundation and the minutes are always there. I feel like, and I've watched a lot of Indiana, there's games where Matherin pops off. Good luck predicting those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- Toppin doesn't usually pop off in those games. And so, you know, the stats come out to glue guy, but the experience is rough, you know, because if you're, if you do pick him up for a, a 10 day stretch, what if you don't get one of those blow up games, you're probably getting a, a player that's outside the top 150 so i, I think it, it kind of evens out to a glue guy but this experience isn't worth it i'm curious with pascal siakam and then i will say we haven't mentioned fully like the trade of pascal siakam going to the indiana pacers exchange for bruce brown jordan warren three first round picks which are going up to toronto uh, that was just uh finished today so can't wait to see that um, and, and we'll see what effect it has on guys like Obi Toppin. But I think up to this point, I, w- I was a little over my skis on him. Again, he was one of these guys I was like, take a shot late in the draft, see what the role is, and then don't be afraid to cut. And I think he's a decent streamer, but I don't think he quite makes cool guy status. Cool. Yeah, I think we're in the same boat there. Lord, good boat. Okay, let me hit you with one, actually, because I'm, I, I think we should touch on this guy. Um, he didn't quite make my list. It, uh, but he's been solid as heck, and I think you're pretty high on this guy. And now he has a new backcourt mate in, in Emmanuel Quickly, and that's Dennis Schroeder. Did you give any thought to Dennis Schroeder as, as a glue guy, uh, backcourt guy? I did, and then I, but I didn't spend enough time on it. He crossed my mind, and yeah. uh, I, I'm glad. I'm glad that you included him on this uh, quick outtake here. I mean, when I was doing my initial research, this stats about a week old, he was still the 55th ranked player for season rank on the season and 82% rostered. And it's funny, right when the quickly trade happened, I love Emmanuel quickly. Uh, I was faced with a moment in our league of record where I was choosing between Emmanuel quickly, Dennis Schroeder and Colin Sexton. And I couldn't quite shake out. It was after the first game quickly played, couldn't quite shake it out. I picked up Colin Sexton and I'm feeling good about that. But all three of these guys, I think, are, are guys you should be sticking with. Um, so, yeah, I think. Ironically, a- I had dropped I had dropped Colin Sexton and was eyeing uh, quickly, too. And he got scooped right, be- right before me. I got busy and uh, 
Uh, so I had the same thought, Sue. That's hilarious. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I think a shout out to Dennis Schroeder. The point, there's plenty of point guards. I mean, we didn't touch on Tyus Jones. Maybe he's a little better than Glue Guy now over there in Washington. I mean, he was a pretty rough start, but now I think he's just doing Tyus Jones things over there. Any other questions? Yeah, quickly has been, or uh, yeah, Schroeder has been providing. I, mean, I think there was a little bit of concern initially that he was going to get regulated to like that 20 minutes a night, uh, you know, totally off the fantasy radar but he's actually has been pretty good on the bench and and been better actually yeah no doubt i mean he, i think he's comfortable in that role i have two guys that i want that didn't quite make my list just because their roster percentage was a little too high but i just wanted to kind of just kind of give them a shout out here both in the same position um and so one was you I mean you were talking about earlier about uh looking in the mirror and and saying to yourself that today's the day that i'm going to cut this guy and ironically i had this moment i I had the moment where i looked in the mirror and actually i even texted you i texted you you i was like i was like hey i'm gonna cut this guy this week (laughs) i got i'm ready to and i was like admitting that i'm ready to cut john collins yeah and then then he he went on a two-week run and he came running back and now now we're blissfully going to vegas and uh uh, we're gonna kind of get um or eloping but uh don't do it but he's don't been... do it <laughs> yeah do not marry john he's already at don't uh we already got the hotel room i don't know it's not fundable it, but was, uh, was it a group was it a group on it wasn't it, i got it i but i get all of my like i get i link it to my points so i have all like all my points my credit card and eh, so which emily but, will appreciate uh, the points accumulation even if you marry john collins Exactly, exactly. She's gonna get to use those Delta miles. But um, <laughs> in in any case, the uh, I think we we t- we had talked about a preseason, and that uh, I was thinking that all right, maybe we're looking at a top thirty guy in disguise because he's from Utah, um, and you know he's born in Utah. But uh, you know, rather than the complete bust he was before, and he's kind of settled somewhere in the middle in that. What you're getting is is really good field goal percentage, a little bit of threes, a little bit of blocks, and a lot of rebounds. And so he's been really consistent and been a, re- a really. I feel like he's just been a pretty good glue guy in Utah. Yeah, I mean he he's a glue guy. He's a glue guy power forward. I considered him. Um, Aaron Gordon made the cut, but what what he's doing night tonight is a little more clear. Um, which is like that crazy field goal percentage and and the rebounds are a little higher, the points are a little higher. Um, but you still have the defensive. John Collins, when you look at it on the season, is averaging uh, 0.6 steals and 0.8 blocks. So, like, not awesome. Um, but it feels like on a night-to-night basis, you could get three blocks and a steal at any point. Uh, so there's a little name cachet with him, too. Um, so I think, yeah, I don't. for me, he doesn't graduate from glue guy. I think John Collins this season has been a glue guy. He's a little less consistent in his role in Utah than a guy like Aaron Gordon. Um, but yeah, he's a hold. Uh, I also have him in a season long spot and I, I did the same thing. I thought about dropping him and I'm just like, no, he hasn't quite given me a reason to, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to figure out my streaming plan a different way. Yeah. The only reason he didn't make my list is just that, that, as you mentioned, the rule in Utah gives you a little bit of pause on safety. It does. Yep. That's for sure. Uh, let, let's give some flowers to a man who I think I want to ask you if he's a glue guy. And it's funny. I made a little poll in our league chat on uh, WhatsApp because uh, we're sophisticated and our league has a WhatsApp and yours doesn't. So maybe he does. I don't no know. Idea. <laughs> and so Nate, you voted on this guy. Uh, as far as I asked, uh, who would you rather have rest of season? Aaron Naismith, Aaron Gordon, or Grayson Allen? And you voted for Grayson Allen. 
Uh, he is the 59th ranked player this season. He is a sh- shooting guard and small forward. And he didn't quite make my first team as I'm like, I know it's disgusting, but like, I think he's a, I think he's a graduate glue guy at this point. Mm-hmm. Just there was too big of an offensive vacuum and he's feeling it and he's doing things I didn't know he could. You know, I thought his greatest skill was like giving guys six to eight week injuries, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) but like, man, he's athletic, dude. Like he is athletic. He's like, he got a little Caruso in his game as far as defensively and like crashing the boards and like, yeah, man, like he's, I didn't know he was this good. He's just balling. So, you know, I think he he is a glue guy as far as I guarantee he's like, not if your team's good, he's not one of your best seven players, probably because you already had the guys you drafted and then you picked up. Uh, Grayson Allen and you roll with it uh but yeah man he's been nuts so shout out Grayson Allen yeah I I had the 100% same thought I was like I'm gonna put Grayson Allen on air and then I was like nah he's just too good at this point and I feel like he he I wanted to because he definitely falls into that category of guys that you that were on your wire and maybe even had on your roster and then you dropped and then you picked up again I think I had him twice and then dropped him and I don't I fully don't expect to ever see him come back around again at this point you'll never see grace Nile again i know it's so sad <laughs> okay one more quick hitter uh i wanted to give quick shout out to your boy sadiq bay he had a really nice run i think right now he's more of a streamer but you can hold him you can hold him uh he's been really good this year he's 55 percent rostered right now um but i think he could have made the list i think he fits the criteria he gives you a nice floor um as far as his surprisingly good rebounder hitting two threes a game um and so yeah are you still rostering Sudik Bay? no i i dropped him when Jalen johnson came back not because there was any panic or whatever it just he just became a little bit more expendable of, his, yeah. of a streamer at that point in my mind yeah totally so yeah chopping block player um so shout out Sadiq Bay having a nice season. Then the last mention I gotta, I gotta, and at least people aren't gonna come out of my my mouth. He's honorable mention. He's not first team, he's not second team, but he's so handsome. And that is the tsunami poppy. That is Kelly Urbre Jr. Uh, I would say <laughs> he's always rostered in our league because it's just fun to be the one to pick him up. Uh, he's 57% rostered, and he has you know, he has these pockets where he is most roster, but to me is more of a catch him when he's hot, ride it. And don't be afraid to drop in when he's clucking and chucking. Um, he's not quite a glue well, guy. He's always hot. So you got to be, you're always, always hot. Yeah, you want to be catching. You want to be touching yeah, him no, it's, when he's hot, which it, is anytime. <laughs> it is surprising. I mean, his, uh, his, the, the steals in particular have been really tremendous this season. Uh, back, in, you know, I think there's a lot of talk about steals, not necessarily being the most, uh, pass pass uh, stats not necessarily being the most in, best indicator of right. what they're what somebody's going to do the next quarter of the season or so, um, but so far his steals in Philadelphia have been been terrific. So I think it, as his minutes kind of continue to creep up post car accident, uh, then I think you 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 that he could be a really good glue, glue guy. True. Yeah, he could be a second half glue guy. If we decide to run it back and do the all glue guy award team, I wouldn't be shocked if Ubre makes just a nasty charge up the ranks and takes a small forward spot. So shout out Tsunami Poppy. You're a beautiful man and uh, you will always be respected. Please reach out to us. I know you're a longtime listener, so we can't wait to hear from you. Uh, You could be the face of this podcast. Uh, We'd be happy to have you design our logo. Why not? I know. We need a sound guy. We need a, we need a, uh, a more beautiful face. We already have a great coffee sponsor and uh, Steel Bridge Coffee, but uh, which uh, which I got great updates from them this week. He couldn't. It was all icy. He was trying out 
go out and bike around delivering his coffee and and he couldn't but uh so give my hand he can't deliver by bicycle there's too much ice but he'll go to steel so go to steelbridgecoffee.com backslash btj and uh and the ma- the mail is a little bit easier for for them at this point i love that that's such a live update that's actually useful information for probably a nice chunk of our listeners so yeah your steelbridge deliveries got to go grab that you know when you're out next time you're out go get that but that's nice update i appreciate that so Make sure you go check it out, Steelbridge Coffee, uh, backslash PTJ. We just just ran through glue guys very efficiently. So you're welcome, everybody. We tried to keep the rambling to to a minimum. Um, so yeah, there it is. Uh, it was it was a really good time. There's been a it's been tough with the weather coordinating this. So I just so wanted to give a shout out to Natron Clean for his flexibility, and uh, we'll always make it work. And just a reminder that later in the season, where we're getting around trade deadline time into the second half. Uh, things for me are going to settle down a bit. We're going to have a more consistent schedule. So we appreciate uh, when everyone drops, would you listening to it and keeping up with the content? Uh, we gained a few uh, subscribers on YouTube. We've had a really consistent uh, chunk of engagement there. So I'm glad we're doing that this season. I think a lot of people like to interact that way. So shout out to anyone who liked the video last week can consume the content. We want to give you different ways to listen to the content. So um, we really appreciate it. We, if you're new, welcome. And if you're a long time listener, you're welcome. Yeah, we appreciate everybody that's kind of stuck with us, and uh, and we're excited. I mean, this obviously is our Super Bowl, and I imagine we're going to have a little bit of a uh, post glue guys hangover. Oh, after, that's you know, as we're trying to try to like get hyped up for the next topic, which uh, you know, but uh, but it will be here. We will be here. That's nice. Oh, I appreciate that. All right. Well, uh, shout out to anybody who's kind of getting through this weather here. Uh, it's it's crazy all around the country. Um, but yeah, here in, in our chunk of uh, the world, the PNW, uh, it's been nuts. So enjoy uh, time with your family, even if they're driving you crazy. If you are, uh, been co- if you've been cooped up in the house like me um, and uh, keep grinding, keep grinding fantasies. This, this is a time where, you know, things start to formulate. You figure out, OK, like, where am I at? What do I need to do to solidify this team? It's a great time to be trading. Honestly, that's it. I'm going to start making some offers. I need a small forward. So shout out in our league of record. If you'd like to help me out with that, I got plenty of good guys on my team. So give me a holler. Um, So for nature on clean, this is your boy flying Jay. We will talk to you all soon. Later. All right. Peace. Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. It's Nathan, Licky, and Jay. They're projecting the jump today. Will they guess right? Nobody knows. It's a pod.